journalism is kind of one-sided in one way. It's like, okay, that's going to reach people through media. And it's like, once again, that media that could be pertaining to that story could be super one-sided. So it's, I think it's just such something that's going to come eventually in time, but kind of look yeah. back at history and be like, what were we doing back then? Welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. I have my good friend here. How's it going, man? Happy to be back. No, it shouldn't be about anything. Like this is yeah. one life. Yep. One life? Like fucking yeah. do it. My guy. She just got it. She totally understood it. 20 years old when I started just watching a lot of movies. How it, and it tells a story. I want to tell a story. Today I have a very special guest, talented entrepreneur and podcast producer, Daniel Hill. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Pleasure to be here, man. <laughs> Pleasure of all mine too. Uh, man, I love the setup. Uh, I love the background for those watching on video. Uh, he's got a crazy background. Uh, this is from the uh, renowned podcast called Down to the Wire, uh, co-hosted by um, Jacob Racco, uh, who had the pleasure of actually being a guest on the podcast, as you are. Uh, so yeah, I love the setup, man. Um, and the bucket hat. I got to get myself oh, one. <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah. A little bit overpaid. I had to uh, get it from Europe. So it was, uh, hey, there you it go. was a bad decision, <laughs> but I'm just like, man, at the end of the day, it's worth it. But I've been, I've been waiting for years for the specific hat. So I'm glad I got it. No, I love it, man. I love it. Uh, it's all about the aesthetic, right? Uh, we're in that business, the entertainment business, right? So we got to flash what we can. hundred percent. Um, that's awesome, man. So uh, a lot of things to talk about, uh, including that McDonald's sign that's behind you. <laughs> trying to figure <laughs> out how you got your hands on that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so after hosting Jacob on a previous episode, uh, he informed me that you serve as co-producer on Down to the Wire Studios, uh, being involved with several aspects of its production and social media distribution. Uh, why did you decide to get involved in the podcast sector of the entertainment industry? So uh, I don't know if Jacob actually told you. I'm actually his uh, third cousin. Oh, wow. No, um, I didn't know this. <laughs> yeah. So there's actually lots of backstory on how to, things kind of came about today. Of course. Um, so I moved to Ottawa actually just over a year ago. I came here January of last year. Nice. Um, so I'm originally from Thunder Bay. So I was actually, I always knew about this like cousin named Jacob in Ottawa that like had some podcasts and I was like, right. yeah, whatever. And then my mom kept talking about this guy. So I was like, okay, whatever, I'll check it out. And then over the course of the year, before I even moved here, I was actually a fan of the show. So like every single episode that would drop. And I was like, okay, that, that first episode was actually pretty funny. And then yeah. just kept watching and watching. And then next thing you know, I was a fan of the show. And then I had yet to even make meet Jacob yet. But here I am watching all his videos and whatnot. So the moment I was actually able to move to Ottawa, come just visit the studio for the first time, it was a pretty interesting thing and be like oh this is my cousin never met you before and honestly we just bonded right away yeah that's awesome and you know jacob racco strikes me as you know someone that uh has this personable uh you know character about him right that kind of like draws everybody mm -hmm. in and like you know makes everybody feel welcome so you know i'll mention it again how i have been acquainted with him i was the director of the behind the scenes um content for uh nima naz uh headlining is i'm your sugar daddy tour and we uh came across stumbled upon your podcast uh along the way and um, yeah, Jacob, you know, uh, invited us in with open arms and like, you know, just kind of, I documented uh, pieces of, of like the podcast, the whole setup that you guys got, um, mm -hmm. the very relaxed kind of casual um, street kind of aesthetic uh, podcast uh, production studio that you got going on uh, in one of the behind the scenes blogs. Uh, so yeah, it was quite memorable. Um, there's even like uh, a picture frame or a photo of a monkey with headphones, some sort yeah. of artistic piece. Yeah. So I, I actually caught that on camera and I posted that myself because I thought it was so thought provoking. 
Um, so yeah, it's very interesting to, to see how it all kind of like, um, manifest. And I love how you said, like, at first, like you weren't too crazy about like the idea of podcasting or like, it just didn't really, um, really stir up any interest for you. And then all of a mm-hmm. sudden it's kind of like, as you see the content more and more unfold, uh, you get kind of like, I call it a creative context, you know, a visual context as to, you know, what you're in for. And here we are today. 100% It's just even the first time I came to the studio, always just watching it for that year of like this thing that was just on my screen and actually like, oh my God, there was a McDonald's sign. There's the monkey with the headphones on. It was just one of those things where I was like, that's the item. Whereas like, they're like, yeah, that's it. And I'm like, no, I'm like fanboying. So even when I met them, even though it's like nice. my cousin, John, it's like, shout out everyone at Down on the Wire, just great group of guys all together, just super accepting kind of as soon as I came, started hanging with the group. Uh, just overall, just really felt like home as soon as I came here. Yeah, it's a hangout podcast. That's what what uh, stood out to me the most. You know, it's kind of like just like you said, a bunch of guys just shooting the shit, uh, almost like a frat house <laughs> in a way. And um, I, I just really enjoyed the setup. I thought it was really unique and creative. Um, and I have to ask you for a side note, like the McDonald's sign. Are you allowed to disclose how you got, how you guys got your hands on that? Yeah. So <laughs> it was actually Jacob. He, I can't remember if he started talking about this on the podcast or even brought it up, but I'm I might have missed sure it. Yeah. He used to work it. at the McDonald's and then oh, okay. somehow got, the, I think there's multiple stories of the true right, origin. Right. So like when he I used to work, I remember what the true one. So yeah, it was Jacob that used to work at McDonald's, but okay. I don't know what the original origin story is. Cause that's the but there was, street uh, Yeah. It's the actual street sign. And they actually took it away for a little bit during the episodes. And I'm just like, guys, like that is the sickest sign. I was like, put that thing back in the corner. Yeah. So, yeah, there was a few episodes without it. And I was like, no, it needs to go back. It's, it's honestly my favorite part of the studio. For no, sure. that's so wild. I'm surprised like McDonald's corporate hasn't, uh, you know, reached, reached out to you guys and claimed it back. Yeah, why yeah. Would they, we're right? probably we're probably waiting for the day. So yeah, that's wild. man. <laughs> yeah, like I won't, I won't ask further, but that's that's crazy because it's not just a sign for again, those that you are just listening. It's the curbside <laughs> sign, the one that's directing you into the plaza. So uh, amazing that you guys got your hands on it. And it just kind of goes again with the whole aesthetic of the production. Uh, you got the brick walls, you know, you got the loft kind of looking studio space. I believe you have like Spider-Man cookie jars and like, you know, like exotic little plants and like just all these absurd kind of obscure kind of things um, that all kind of blend together. But that's what creates uh, something unique and expressive. Um, that's great, man. And so you joining the podcast again, you're a co-producer. That's how you identify. Uh, that's how I uh, reached saw you on uh, Instagram. How would you describe your role at Down to the Wire Studios? I would say, honestly, the rest of the guys are like, they put everything together. Like they're just the prime yeah. contributors. <laughs> yeah. Myself of just like, show any success they've ever had. It's just like, they, they work their asses off to like you get, get the guests that they yeah. have. Just like, even though we haven't like made it yet, I I keep telling them like, we're, we're going to, it's only a matter of time. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. Um, so kind of like my role, I would say is just kind of like that mother figure at times where I'm just like guys clean like I'll tell you the stuff that you don't want to hear because even when me and uh Jacob before even even kind of I was officially part of the team right it's okay like where's my role and I still feel like that's kind of like up in the air but I just I would say consulting that's really a big thing that I kind of enjoy doing and even when I told them I was like I really don't care like I'll tell you the stuff that you don't want to hear and I was kind of like fixing the little holes that are within the actual um down on the wire itself I was just like okay what's great right now but what's bad and what can we kind of fix so i'd say just really consulting and uh that's really a big thing that i enjoy doing uh recently just kind of took over the tiktok so that's where i 
feel like I'm very good at. I was just kind of playing the algorithm in that sense where oh, nice. TikTok is just so algorithm based. Of course, yeah. Um, so as of like, oh, I'd say two, three weeks, so I actually took over the TikTok. And uh, nice. since then we had a few videos pop off, which has been great. Uh, shout out Hassan Phils. His videos just blown up on TikTok recently. Um, so just been kind of knowing the market, knowing how TikTok kind of works. I'm glad it's kind of in my hands and kind of just being like pushing the content on that side. Yeah. And that's very critical. You know, you, you just kind of identify two um, pivotal values uh, to, to retain as a, as a producer, right? One being a mentor and the other one being kind of like a social trend, um, trendsetter, um, just kind of identifying those, those two kind of opportunities and TikTok is the place to be, you know, everybody says it, um, you know, the algorithm is, I love how you put it, you know, it's kind of like uh, very dependent on, you know, what you're posting and who's seeing it. Um, Cause that there's that one video that no one, that could be inexplicable why it uh, became viral. And how do you go about identifying trends? Uh, is it just staying on it all day? Like the, the, the application and figuring out uh, what trends are being used and who's interacting with what? Well, even when I kind of just like, got into this role like they're amazing at instagram like this content that they put out just yeah. like the edits the photoshop just everything that like down the wire creates mm-hmm. even from when i was a fan i was like this is like high quality content but it was right. like always like on instagram and they would always just kind of pump out instagram where i was like we need to start pumping more out on tiktok in that sense of like let's kind of get just we have the one platform down like we're killing it on that but i'm like what about the other three four platforms i was right. like i really have the gary vaynerchuk like uh kind of way about going about things where it's just like consistent quality content not everything's going to go viral but if you keep putting out consistent quality content eventually one of the videos is going to pop off and as of like recently like I mentioned we did have a video that did pretty successfully well so it's uh one of those things where it's like hey let's keep that consistent throughout the entire year and officially and eventually you're going to kind of see some result come from it yeah I completely agree and I love that you evoked (laughs) evoked kind of Gary's name I should say um, about like, you know, in terms of content creation, cause he's someone that I've kind of been, uh, you know, just eagerly close to, um, you know, always kind of like following his word, uh, a disciple in a way, uh, because yeah, especially I love, being with yeah. Nima, I was like, you definitely, yeah, especially that, uh, with, it's like being with him, being yeah. with a 2.0 version. No, no, seriously, man. It's like, um, and that's how I actually connected. Cause I kind of channeled that spirit of, you know, Gary V, um, you know, expanding. Cause for me, I'm a filmmaker, right? I'm a film director at heart. Mm. And what, what what film director has business uh, in vlogging, right? Or behind the scenes, if you think about it, right? Like a conventional 100%. filmmaker. But the reality is, is I wanted to expand my skill sets and I wanted to kind of use that ideology that Gary Vee preaches where um, you should always be looking to, um, you know, challenge your, your, your skill sets and your creativity, um, but also for the sake of putting out content and how else to do it. So for me, it's like, I can't put out um, a short film every month. I know it's highly ambitious, but it's not really that practical because I have other things going on in my life. Um, so I'm, if I'm lucky, I'll create two short films a year, but in the meantime, all that dead space in between, what else, what other content can I put out instead of, you know, people like yourself saying, Oh, what's Daniel Calderon up to. Right. So this is where the podcast is born (laughs) and I utilize it as a writer to uh, enhance my communication skills, you know, speaking with you, writing the questions, delivering them. Um, but also cultivating a network, you know, a network of creatives, Uh, like-minded individuals where I learn from, you know, like having this conversation right now, I'm just kind of understanding your role at down to the wire studios, you know, how expansive it is. Um, It's not just a two man group host with a microphone, you know, shooting the shit. 
uh, talking. There's a whole team. There's a whole mm-hmm. setup. You guys taking it very serious. And like you said, it's not a matter of, um, you know, where where the direction of the podcast is going to go. It's a matter of when, you know. Um, so, it's yeah, it's not a matter of how it's when, right? So you guys got it all figured out in that sense. And I think that's what it's all about, right? It's just kind of like, even on the days when you don't feel it's going to stick, uh, whether it's on a TikTok algorithm or a podcast go- host, I uh, guess I mean, you got to just put it out for the sake of putting it out. Um, I call it showing up. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing, even before, like, I kind of join with the guys, I always tell them, even if, like, if they're kind of on the fence about things, I'm like, right. guys, I was a fan of this show. It's just like, are we funny? I was like, yes, because I, I could go watch Joe Rogan or he watched Down on the Wire. And I still used to go watch Down on the Wire. So nice. like that kind of speaks volumes. And the moment I, I went out of my way, uh, this was still before I kind of became part of the group, was uh, well, actually after the Neiman Az episode with you guys. Right. And I texted Rocco when I went, uh, you just held it down like from a professional standpoint with one of the biggest growing comedians that's really on the market right now. That's in yeah, Canada, of North America. And I was like, you're sitting in the room with it and like you held it you held it down and you did an outstanding job. I was like, that just shows how well put down the wire actually is. Yeah. Like how much potential you really have because like, man, we've only been in perspective. It was like, people have been doing this for decades. It's like, they're still young at the end of the day. So it's one of those things where it's like, man, the potential is just kind of uh, unlimited with these guys. I feel. Yeah. Speaking of Joe Rogan, like uh, I remember him talking about uh, the fact that he's known a lot of people that started podcasts and they haven't progressed anywhere with them, right? Whether it's their uh, lineup of guests or, you know, the subject matter they discuss, it's kind of not challenging enough for the viewer or for themselves to kind of expand. And, you know, something for myself, like with the intentions that I have is, you know, to take it from a place of, you know, a community, like I was mentioning, a place of networking, uh, com- com- having conversations with individuals that are creative to a place where it's a hub, you know, for filmmakers and pod- podcasters and uh, entrepreneurs, you know, so it's like that, like you were saying that mindset, um, that you kind of need to develop and instill and to Jacob Bracco's credit, like the hosting, um, kind of qualities that you need to inherit, uh, in order to kind of convey an entertaining and uh, cohesive, Definitely. um, conversation. Now, even like the fact that I'm sitting here today, even just like talking to you yeah. is like the fact that are you aware of Thunder Bay or like kind of like even? Yeah, yeah, I'm actually, yeah, 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 no. I, so I, I, coming from Thunder Bay to Ottawa, it's like I never thought I'd be sitting down like myself doing an interview, never mind like being in <laughs> the co-producing and trying to explain it to people of like what the culture is like down there. It's like we have, I swear, like one podcast, like that guy has been killing it. Like That's he has hilarious. People within the city, <laughs> but we don't have any industry down there got it we don't have any night scene we don't have any fashion scene like if i was to wear this back home people would be like yo what is you doing like, yeah what are you up just... to yeah <laughs> and the fact that like i am kind of like even though i'm still recent to the group just being in the same type of room with these types of guys like uh logan brown on the show like his story with the weekend and how he met with drake and yeah uh, drake's manager i should say mm-hmm. and uh just kind of the guests that we're having on the show, like two time FTG Reggie guys that I go out of my way to actually like listen to. And I'm like super interested in is like, I have to pinch myself half the time. I was like, yeah. me and my buddy used to actually dream about this. Like he's still on Thunder Bay, but I was like, man, I'm going to go out to Ottawa. And I just have this vision and kind of like the stuff I'm doing right now is like, I'm literally telling you, like I'm living the dream that I once had in Thunder Bay. So right. just to be even doing this with you being part of down the wire, it's uh 
it's honestly it's just unbelievable kind of what's been happening in the past year and the fact that it's only been a year I'm, I'm really excited for what's to come yeah for sure man you should be uh you know i'm highly gratified by you know that compliment you know just being on the podcast uh i try to incorporate as many people that i see uh on the rise like up and coming um and just people i genuinely are curious about you know in mm -hmm. terms of you know how they go about their careers and you know whatever creative endeavors they're pursuing um, but it is amazing, you know, and I owe it to social media, uh, for that because how else could we connect? Um, I, I don't know you, <laughs> we've never met a lot of guests that I've had on here. Um, I've only had virtual conversations funny enough, you know, I have a good friend, his name is Axel. Um, I met him through the podcast in the pandemic, uh, never once in person, but we always stayed in touch, kept good friends. He's a film director from Los Angeles. And next thing you know, he's like, Hey, do you want to like, are you looking for a job? There's one available uh, at Impact Theory uh, with Tom Billion. And I said, yeah, of course. Like, that'd be great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. To apply my skill sets. And what I'm saying is that a year and a half later, uh, almost two years later, I finally met him in person. And it's kind of strange, right? Because it's like, you know, we we obviously went out in LA, chilled. He, he was nice enough to provide his place, you know, to stay. And you're thinking like, you don't even, like, he's not as... He's my friend, but he's technically a stranger in the sense like I've never yeah. like actually hung out. <laughs> and it's just that trust that you build because of of uh, the interaction that social media allows us to have. Um, Even so, in yeah, the sense I, of... Uh, sorry, go ahead. So I was going to say like uh, one of the people that I know is well connected to uh, Jake Brocco is City Fidelia. I was like, I've yet to meet that dude in my life. Right. And it's just like, I feel super connected to him in the sense of like, I know how important he is to down the wire and that mentorship of just Jacob himself. So even though I've never met him, it's like to see him in person, it's just like, oh man, that's, that's the guy that it is surreal. Yeah. I know what you mean by that. Cause it's like, you've been following the podcast and again, he's your third cousin, but just seeing those guys in person, um, it's the way I guess the mind perceives the image, right? <laughs> like perceives these people, right. It's like bigger than life. Cause they're on a screen. Um, so it's like to actually see them in person, it's like, oh my God, like, you know, you got, you're just like us. You're just like me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there no, is that's that the moment. thing. I think they're like, oh, you're just a normal person. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sometimes even, person. yeah. I still always think about it. Even when I met my own cousin, I was like starstruck because it's just like, I just, this was some dude on the screen for us. Like, to me, that was like me and Joe Rogan, where I was like, man, this is like from my life when I spend this many hours, yet I've never met him, yet I've yeah. listened to him for the past 12 episodes. So you kind of get to know somebody by, listening to them for 12 hours straight yeah no i i completely understand man it's it's uh, definitely a surreal experience and i've had that many times where i pinched myself you know like interacting celebrities or just seeing them from afar um i don't know you like kind of look closely and you realize like they're just a person <laughs> like they they itch the same way or they like you know have their own like fidget uh, you know uh fidgeting and quirks and things like that i don't know but uh, that's kind of refreshing, right? In a way, because it's like they they retain that humanity, the good ones that is, right? Um, but still bigger than life, you know. I, I wouldn't say about that about Quentin Tarantino, my hero. I probably would <laughs> faint or collapse if I ever ran into him. Um, and that's the thing, where it's like, if I yeah. met Neiman as he comes out of me on the street, it's just like they'd be like, "Oh, what do you need to talk about?" I'd be like, "I don't know." It's probably a blur because I was probably so starstruck at the time. So. Yeah, yeah. No, it's amazing. And it's amazing too. And that's the thing, right? It's like these comedians, like those people on the rise, right? It's like, they're not even to the level of like Drake yet. But at the same time, it's like the way in which social media kind of conveys these people, um, it allows for that opportunity to to be on the same level. We live in a very strange time. Like it's possible, like there's no gatekeepers, you know, like they're like we, the market decide who is um, we perceive as someone that's like a star. 
you know, or of a celebrity status. Yeah. Awesome, man. So yeah, Jacob and I had several conversations uh, pertaining to the pivotal yet controversial role of journalism uh, and how it plays in our modern society. Uh, And this is like kind of the theme of Down to the Wire, right? It's like Mm -hmm. providing some sort of vice type style, um, you know, robust (laughs) journalism, uh, guerrilla style, right? Um, you know, it's not like a 60 minutes platform. <laughs> uh, so which is what, which is why I was drawn to the podcast, uh, for that reason, I'll be honest. Um, but with the advent of the pandemic and allegations toward misinformation, uh, better known as fake news, you know, we all know that term, uh, many people often, uh, question the validity, um, that news sources preach to their viewers as a producer of down to the wire. How do you approach the negative connotation of journalism, even when you identify as a news outlet? I would say is honestly just like as much as we are like reporting the news and what is nice like lots yeah. of it's like the back page news so it's just like I at the end of the day, yeah, it's yeah. not that uh like Joe Rogan says it's just like what do we know we're a bunch of morons it's like John and Jacob are just like they could have any opinion but at the end of the day it's just two goofballs like you watch yeah. our podcast it's like at the end of the day don't take it too serious but honestly just as a whole like it is a serious thing or it's just like overall fake news side of it or it's just like taking that information and just making sure you are being a journalist of like it's very hard because being myself like I'm not a journalist I don't know of like right taking one side of the story from the other right but I feel like in modern times it's just it's so hard to find that these days so even myself like I'm a very open person I'm I neither lean one side to the other it's just like hey let me look at the situation or it's like I could agree with someone on one topic and then completely disagree with them on the other and then same thing with one news source or it's like I believe one time that they put all amazing content and then the next is just like okay what do you do in there so it's, it's honestly a really sticky game in the sense that like it's a very hard thing to kind of balance out i don't know if there is a specific answer to it but it's one of those things where it's like us as a society we got to get better somehow at it yeah of course. i don't know how essentially but really yeah. just holding each other accountable but then even then you kind of have that debate of like okay this person's kind of right that person's not so really just the consistency more than anything and accountability i think that's really a big part about it but who holds those people accountable well society does but who puts out kind of what the overall kind of feel of the story is and whatnot is at the end of the day the news or journalism uh outlets so it's one of those things where it's like okay if we're gonna have a topic on a story about how journalism is kind of one-sided in one way it's like okay that's gonna reach people through media and it's like once again that media that could be pertaining to that story could be super one-sided so it's I think it's just such, something that's going to come eventually in time, but down the road, we're just kind of kind of look yeah. back at history and be like, what were we doing back then? Yeah. At the end of the day, like we, I like what you were trying to, you were alluding to, right. It's like we as a society determine um, the consequences, the reaction to journalism, right? Like at the end of the day, it's a news article. It's up to you to decide how it affects your life. Mm-hmm. And as we see in our society, it's extremely, it's severe, right? It's kind of like they're, they're, it's being pulled in so many different directions. It's being used as leverage to uh, eviscerate enemies or, you know, bring down other ideologies that uh, argue against our own. Um, and in a way, I like what you said, where down to the wire, you know, as much as it has its own credibility and, and, and it wants to be seen in some a prestige in its own right yourself aware enough to know that it's satire it's comedy um you know back page news if you will right you're not meant to be taken so seriously that you're going to like topple you know world governments <laughs> you know what i mean 100 percent. hey maybe like you're maybe. having fun but at the yeah. end of the day we're still are doing journalism but we're kind of making journalism fun and we still That's are saying, reporting yeah. it but 
at the end of the day, it's just like, you got to look at the stories that we are reporting. Amazing how they do report it because it does bring that fun aspect. And that's a nice thing too. It's just like, it's interesting how many stories where now we have front page news where we kind of bring a little bit more uh, topics that are like kind of popular in the world at the moment. So the fact that they're kind of taking takes on that now, um, kind of a little bit more debatable if there is like that one story that is like, you either go one way or the other, but at the end of the day, it's just like, we still are just a fun group. It's just like, don't take life too seriously. It's just like, have your opinion, but it's just like at the end of the day, all amazing guys. So it's like, you kind of know yourself more than anybody else. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And, um, you know, that's why you guys, for me, I feel this uh, sincerity to the podcast, you know, it's like a bunch of guys, like you said, just want to have some fun, want to tell some funny stories and there's nothing sinister or like, you know, there's nothing like uh provocative that you guys uh are, are trying to you know elicit you know it's kind of like no this is like a way this is a place to look at journalism from a different angle instead of it being like i was mentioning earlier my dad's favorite outlet 60 minutes <laughs> it's not your dad's 60 minutes no, you know? for sure <laughs> yeah. yeah and that's the amazing thing too is just like as goofy as funny as it is at the end of the day if i was to be the one and be like okay go do what they do i wouldn't be able to piece together what they do so it really shows the true amount of effort and journalism that they do have to actually dig to report to just kind of think of these ideas on okay we have this new story what can we kind of do with it yeah and you brought in my mindset too right like i'll be honest when i hear journalism i think of like what joe rogan always kind of like shades on where you have cnn and you know these these uh on-site reporters mm -hmm. um you know kind of like documenting war zones and like you know cobalt mines and things like that yeah um but journalism like filmmaking there's a broad spectrum you know, there's all sorts of uh, forms of it. And what you guys do is journalism, right? You guys are reporting a story, uh, no matter how ludicrous or comedic it is. And um, yeah, it's entertaining. And that's what it is at the end of the day. And I think that's why you guys, I see it like becoming more successful. Um, self-aware. Uh, Self-awareness is, is so critical. It's like the first step um, to identifying, you know, your position in the market mm -hmm. and where you're going forward. You know what I mean? Even we did... Uh... It just actually dropped yesterday yeah, of course. when uh, Biden came to uh, Ottawa recently. I was just like, man, we should do something with that. And he's like, uh, Jacob's like, what should we do? I'm like, I don't know. Let's just kind of see what we should do with it. So we went out, got some footage. And at the end of the day, it's just like we technically went as journalists to kind of see what's going on, talk to some people. But at the end of the day, you go watch the video. It's like, man, that still has that down on the wire feel to it where it's like, people are getting all mad about politics and stuff. And it's like, man, Biden's coming to the city. We're just happy that he's here. We don't really have an opinion on it, but it's just like, let's go down to the wire. Joe Biden coming to the city. So we went and made yeah, some hilarious. little video about this. And at the end of the day, nothing too serious. It was very lighthearted. So it was uh, little stuff like that, where I was like, yeah, that was like my first like journalism thing I've ever done in my life, even though it's not much, it was still something at the end of the day. So it's uh, even just once again, coming back to the fact that like, coming from Thunder Bay to Ottawa, like yeah. Ottawa is like my Disney world, like all the time of, I just I kind of have to pinch myself of like the <laughs> life that I live of the stuff that I'm doing. I was just like, and if you talk to me myself, like two years ago, I'd be like, yeah, Joe Biden's going to drive by and wave to you. I'd been like, what do you, why would I be waving to Joe Biden? But the fact that Ottawa's brought me that much opportunity. It's crazy. And I said the thing that we do talk about the, on the podcast a good amount too. It's just like, how much Ottawa does have to give because people in Ottawa, they're like, oh yeah, Ottawa's boring, this and that. I'm like, that's one thing coming from an outsider, outsider to uh, kind of move to Ottawa, seeing how many artists that we do have, whether it be hip hop, country, uh, musicians, right. uh, uh, 
poets like just in that sense of like the amount of talent that we do have in ottawa once again you go out to thunder bay whereas like there's really nothing so the fact that i'm doing the stuff that i do here it's still one of those pinch myself moments again it's amazing how like perceptions are all relative because i have to say the way you revere ottawa right but it makes sense because you're coming from thunder bay yeah and... i talk so highly of ottawa it's ridiculous but you know what but... i mean like not to shit on those two cities but you're absolutely right like me i'm from toronto love toronto I was born there born in the mm-hmm. city you know raised partially more more so outside of the city all my life Going to Ottawa, I loved it in a sense because yeah. I'm the kind of guy that's a little bit more open-minded. And I was like, oh, you know what? Like for me, this is how I describe it because I'm from Toronto. It's like mm-hmm. cute, it's cozy. You know what I mean? It's like this little city. Perfect um, balance. Yeah, it's, it seems a little bit more intimate. You know what I mean? Like sure. Toronto's very like, it's like New York's younger brother, right? Like it's trying to be New York, but it's like still has got that same energy, right? Uh, and hustle so and many bustle. people would be like, why did, oh, you're a big city guy. And that's another thing too is like, yeah, people would even see back home just like, you're not really a Thunder Bay guy. It's just like you're more of like, people would be like, are you from Toronto? And like, you do have more Toronto of those vibes. Would, even Toronto Montreal, people would yeah. say that. And yeah. I'd be like, no. And then be like, I don't know. You just seem a little bit different than everybody yeah, else. Yeah. And I was like, I was honestly a real big compliment in the sense of like, man, I just to hear that things. And just, I'm not a Thunder Bay guy at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> love everybody back home. But it's one of yeah. those things where like, Toronto, beautiful city, love it there. But like to live there, I don't think I could do it. Cause like, no. jumping from, home to toronto would be a bit much but ottawa honestly i have nothing good nothing but i think but good things yeah Yeah. and now you live with you know you're now with family and you got like a friend a a group that you cultivated right through this podcast uh so there's a lot there's a lot more like to look forward to as opposed to you know just moving to the city and starting from scratch um for me like i would love to move downtown and have that experience um but in a way other than the rent cost uh it's intimidating or (laughs) frightening Yeah, it's intimidating or frightening in a way because like I'm at that point in my life, my my age where it's like a lot of people are kind of doing their own thing. And like there's very much it's very much real where you have to start fresh, you know, and uh, kind of find new friends. And, you know, that's all part of the excitement in a way. But what I'm trying to get at is with Ottawa, it wasn't as much as you think, you know, start from scratch. You had like a a basis to kind of a, a foundation to build off of. And now everything that comes your way is just a bonus. Right. So. I'm really happy that you had this positive outlook about, you know, moving from Thunder Bay to Ottawa. I think it was really necessary as well, uh, considering that you're a very creative guy and again, an entrepreneur in, in, in your own right. Um, Thunder Bay, I, not to shit on that city, but oh, I honestly, really you can shit on Thunder Bay as much right? as you want. Yeah, like, like, I anybody really that's just on Thunder Bay is myself, <laughs> just like, shout out all my friends back home, but man, do I ever hate that city. Right, right. Yeah. So you've been there your whole life up until a year ago. Up until here, yeah. Up until a year ago, and honestly, and how old are you, by the way? Like, how, how uh, 23. 23. 23. Okay, yeah. So yeah, your whole life, yeah. And you went to school there, or where did you uh, go to in school? Ottawa or back home? No, like where did you go to university? Did you ever have that experience like you moved out or no? No, really. The only reason why, so I actually was supposed to move to Ottawa. I quit my job, then I uh, back home. I had this big plan. I'm like, screw it. I'm moving to Ottawa, starting this new life. Nice. And then two weeks late, two weeks later, COVID hit. Ah. So I was just like. <laughs> Two years late, I finally moved to Ottawa, but it's like, thank God I didn't end up moving like a month prior. Otherwise, I would have been an entire lockdown. Yeah, and, you would have uh, been stranded. Yeah, I would have been stranded here. But I think in this, like, no matter what kind of life is just going to create its own path for you. It's just like, oh, you 100%. Never know yeah, you like, and I have a very similar path. Like, uh, I think a lot of creatives do. Um, at the end of 2019, I kind of like told my family I was uh, 24, 25 at the time. 
I said, you know, I've been working a lot of odd jobs. Like I was that artist, right? Like working crazy, stupid jobs, mm-hmm. retail, sales, whatever. And I said, I just, it's, it's taking away from my mental health. Um, it's damaging, uh, you know, very taxing on my soul. I need to do something that's going to fulfill it, fulfill, fulfill sure. my soul, fulfill my creative ambitions. So I want to just go full throttle into this filmmaking dream. And we'll see what happens at the end of the year. After a year, you can judge me. But in that year, don't talk. To you know what I mean? Like, just please Honestly. give me that time. No, because you really do as a creative. I really believe you need that. You know, people take a year off to go to, you know, uh, Europe to discover themselves. I feel like for creatives, you got to give yourself at least that one year to just focus on that dream. You know what I mean? So what I'm saying, what happened was, is that January 2020, started developing the production company, 94 Productions. February, started acquiring some clients, very small, very small. Started doing some projects, you know, planting my seeds here, here, here. March, it's announced the pandemic's mm-hmm. taking over the world. And I was in the same boat as you, man. I actually went into a little bit of a depression uh, for like two or three months uh, thereafter. And I got myself out of it, read the bo- book, Power of Now. My sister, uh, you know, shout out to her. She gave that to me to help me out of it. And like you said, I realized that life's going to always um, happen. The question is, will you allow it to happen to you, right? So okay. I just kind of like took it, uh, you know, took it by took the straps <laughs> took the bootstraps what's the expression i don't even know what i'm saying but i just like kind of took that took the bull by the horn yeah pull it to, yeah that's <laughs> what it, yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly my mind's like i don't know what's going on i'm like a tongue twister for the mind um but yeah i essentially just kind of took that to heart um and i just kind of went for it and you know here i am today you know obviously uh you always wish as a creative you'd be in a different positions but you got to be grateful for the present moment and i'm sure you can attest to the same for sure and it's just one of those things where it's like kind of being like back home like during that COVID time it's like in that dark spot it's like anything that would happen bad back home I'd be like dang this wouldn't happen in Ottawa so it was like a double angry it'd be like oh if I spilled a glass of milk on the floor it was it'll be like man if I was in Ottawa this wouldn't be an issue but it's one of those things too where it's just like I even met my girlfriend my second week moving here so it's like oh that's awesome it's just crazy like (laughs) man I just I really lucked out on that sense so it's uh it's been amazing since moving here but even a sense of uh I talk highly about this in comparison to back home mm-hmm. um, would be the support of the state that Ottawa has for each other. So reason why lots of people don't really start up a podcast or a musician, it's just like back home, you'll get ripped apart. Like what, the, what is this person doing? But I find here in Ottawa, it's like people show mad love to each other. And yeah. that's one thing I do enjoy. And that makes me feel a lot more comfortable in the sense of like, I'll go produce, be a co-producer down the wire or back home. I wouldn't be doing this just because that overall acceptance is people just they get excited for you whereas back home they'd be like why like they just don't really have that belief just because it's just so bubbled off there whereas here that's one thing that people people will be like oh it's so hard to like get out of ottawa and i'm like yes because you're seeing that as an auto resonant but it's like here i I just feel so much love from just all the support it's been it's been really that's what i'm saying man it's all relative right like there are a lot of times where i would you know, shit on Toronto in a sense, because I was like going through my own inner frustrations about, you know, the people and the nature of the city and this, this and that. And I realized after my travels, right after going to Los Angeles, San Francisco and, uh, you know, New York and uh, places in Europe that now, you, did relative... the full tour. you did the full tour with Nima. No, no, no. I'm saying like just a side, like personal. I did the tour okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In, in Canada. I did like Montreal and Vancouver yeah. and things like that. But what I'm saying is like for myself, like my own personal experiences, um, you kind of realize it's all the same. It's really how you make of it, as cliche as it sounds. Right. And you're an embodiment of that. Like you come from Thunder Bay and you're going to Ottawa and you're just taking it all in and you're just so appreciative of, of everything uh, that the city has to offer. 
And I know for a fact, because I have friends from there that they would say the opposite. Like there's not really much going there, but it's really all how you make mm-hmm. of it. So um, it's something that's quite admirable, you know, and it's something to be uh, taken into consideration just listening to this uh, podcast. If I can learn something from you, right? It's yeah. <laughs> kind of really just, at the end uh, of the day, it's like perspective. And that's one thing, even just recently of just myself, of just like, man, you just every situation that kind of comes your way it's just like oh I didn't land this certain artist or like you wanted to film a movie with this certain person but it's just like man the fact that you even make movies yeah like, that's amazing as itself or man you that's have true, a man. fall off it's just like man I got four more it's like you have people with no arms so it's really just that yeah overall just being present into the moment that's uh, really perspective at the end of the day that's one thing as of recently I just been trying to get a little bit more involved with even for myself of just being appreciative in that sense of just like man, I had a bad day. Like, oh, my car got scratched. It's like, man, I have a car. There's people yeah. that are walking to work every single day. I'm very And at the end of the day, it's a very hard <laughs> yeah. thing to do consistently. But once you kind of start thinking in that kind of sense, you really just the really small things of even just seeing the friends that you have of just like, oh, I don't really get to see that person uh, that I used to see all the time. It's like, okay, but I did see that person. And I finally got to like uh, see them one-on-one again. It's like being appreciative during that time. It's uh, life's too short for kind of just getting upset about the little things. So it's yeah, uh, man. You're saying all the right things, man. Like, I love your attitude, love your mindset towards it. It's very positive, um, and it's uplifting. It's something to be again, uh, something to learn from. And you know, that's what it is. It's like I used to during the pandemic write a list. Um, I kind of lost track of that, but write a list of all the things I was grateful for. Right, like I'm grateful for my home. I'm grateful for my career. Um. And I do, I'm guilty of that. I, I quite recently, like, you know, I've gone through that where it's like, you know, I wish I had this and I wish I had that. And some people like could argue why well, I wish I had your life, right? Like I wish I had an internet connection. I wish yeah. I had, you know, food in the fridge. I lived, I wish I lived in the city that you live in, right? <laughs> Again, Definitely. speaking from your experience, right? It's like, I could have been a guy from Thunder Bay with a huge, you know, highly ambitious, uh, you know, drive for, to become a filmmaker, prominent filmmaker, and be stuck in a, in a small town city or like maybe just not have the resources enough to get me out of that funk. You know what I mean? That, like that mindset. Um, so like it could have gone any which way, but I'm here now and I have to make the most of it. So that's what we kind of like took the mo- took from you um, out of this conversation. Um, and like I said, man, it's very inspiring. Um, you know, for me, I just, uh, yeah, as a filmmaker, you know, you, you or as a creative, I should say, rather, you just get caught up in, um, you know, the day-to-day hustle and you compare yourself sometimes with social media and what people are, you know, are up to. Um, also your, pre- your present moment, like your age. Uh, I, I know society tries to, to, sorry, society tells us, you know, our age uh, is a determinant of where sh- we should mm-hmm. be in our life, but it's the other way around. Right. So it's like, um, that's why I kind of got to tell myself, but uh, glad to hear that you're coping with it all. Oh, hundred percent. So yeah, just, uh, just overall just being appreciative of just everything that kind of comes your way even the fact that like I feel like people even back home I feel like that disconnect in the sense of like when I do go back home it's just that overall feeling of like man I appreciate every little aspect and it's just the little stuff that your friends say and it's like if you haven't heard that saying in like five months it's just like man I just love that you said that because I'm not going to hear it for the next year so it's like really just kind of shows you perspective on like how short the moments really are that's awesome bro that's well said so before we go i want to know like with hold down to the wire uh podcast you know you being a co-producer 
Um, and you now have like, you know, hinted at some uh, small contributions you've made to the podcast uh, thus far, especially with TikTok. How do you intend on improving the podcast social media presence and garnering viewership? Like what's the next step? I would say, like I mentioned before, really uh, that Gary Vaynerchuk type of style of just that consistency yeah. quality. Yeah. Because just overall, I have that belief in these guys at the end of the day. Nice. It's just the amount of guests that we have for the show yeah. that are like, like having Nima on, having these artists like two time, like the fact that two time, uh, have you ever heard of them, but local Ottawa artists who, once again, I could look up any, I could be listening to Drake. I'd be listening to the weekend. No, I go choose two times. So like having these types of guests, the fact that we have the people that were on just overall, get the overall views to where the respect that down the wire kind of deserves because we're having great contact. We're having amazing guests on, but it's yeah. like, we really want to get the views that overall respect to the city. But once again, it's that overall, if not, if it's when, but really just the consistency, just try to push content more than anything, try to work the algorithm. Um, even the little stuff of like the hooks, the first like two seconds of the video, that's one thing I am big on. Right. I'm just like, okay, people just don't have the attention span anymore. They're not here. Like that's why Vine was so successful is because right. six, seven second videos, we didn't have any other type of uh, social media that was like that up until Vine was a thing. Exactly. So I think that was really the changing aspect of, okay, that first few seconds is really the most important. It's like, okay, can we get that person's retention? And that's one thing I really kind of speak to the guys in the sense of we have to get somehow that person that's scrolling on their phone in their bed. We need to get them to stop scrolling, watch that video for three seconds. Okay, they're in here for three seconds. Do we make it important enough? Can we get it to seven seconds? Next thing you know, they're 43 seconds in. Now we have that view. Now let's get to as many videos as we can in that sense of like, let's get the people engaged. Let's get them entertained. But I don't see that being an issue with us. It's really just that consistency. We're still young. Over the next course of the year, we're going to have a bunch of new guests that are going to be on the show. Lots of new yeah, content, of lots of street videos, stuff like that. Including so me. I feel like this is the year, even before uh, this kind of year started, I was like, guys, this is going to be our year. But like even that sense of we have to make it this year like it's not an option it's like if we're gonna do this let's go 100 on this so i feel like that's how we're kind of going about it so far um still like any anything that we kind of put our minds to is there always room for improvement right so we're kind of just buffering feeling ourselves out at the end of the day by really just pushing content really just making that quality consistent content really playing with the algorithm um that's when i think it's just going to bring us all for success um but i feel it's honestly just a matter of time yeah, it's true, man. It's just a matter of time and um, you have the right mindset. Like I said, from the beginning of the podcast, uh, whether it's you moving to Ottawa <laughs> or, uh, you know, developing this podcast with your third cousin, Jacob Racco, you need to have that mindset of Gary Vee. Um, just put it out there. You know, you don't strike me as someone that's a perfectionist and maybe you are, but you don't get caught up in the idea of it has to be perfect in order to be put out because too many people I've worked with, uh, you know, had kind of had that notion mm. and you don't hear from them today uh in other words like they're not doing the same things that i'm doing and it really bogs you down and you can't have that because again there's a much more aggressive competition than there was you know years decades ago um and aside from that you can't really afford to with the time that you're given on this planet to just kind of you know owe it to like oh it's per it's being about being a perfectionist and i can't you know um, get to this result because, you know, I get in my own head, you know, you can't have that. You just got to put it out. Sometimes it's not always going to be perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, like this episode, um, who's to say like, it's the best episode I ever put out, 
But at the same time, I'm going to put it out because someone out there, because I've had this experience, someone out there will find something that resonates with them or uplifts them or inspires them to do better or to kind of see something within themselves or at its very basics. It's just something that's entertaining. And if I took, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say in the sense of like, really just doing it something that you love. There's just like, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't want to be doing this of like, I still, like I said, I'm living out my dream doing this, even though I just have a small part in down on the wire. It's just like the fact that I'm like, before I even joined the crew, I told Rocco, I said, I don't care even if I like, I don't care what my role is. If it's bringing you guys coffee, yeah, I'll I'll bring you guys coffee. I'll be the guy who goes and runs errands for you. Like, I really don't care the fact that. that I'm part of this because yeah. I could be the number one guy or the lowest guy. I really don't care the fact that I'm part of something that shout out my boy Pat back home because we used to just be in his basement and dream about this because it's one thing that we were just stuck there and we wanted to get out and do something like this so it's just like that manifesting it it just I didn't expect it to happen so the fact that it kind of did happen or it's just it's just it's a nice thing that I've kind of go through that's awesome kind of experience so yeah you know I mean I'm excited for the future for sure yeah I'm excited for you guys and like I said I'm happy to be a guest on your podcast um next time I'm in the city uh, and bring it to, uh, any which way I can, you know, help, help bring it to uh, new heights. So, um, it was a pleasure, Daniel Hill. Thanks for coming on the Thank podcast. So and much. Yeah. Give, giving us, uh, an insight on down to the wire. Uh, everybody check it out down to the wire podcast on all platforms, social media platforms. And, um, yeah, stay tuned for more exciting content from them. And so uh, on that, it. yeah, of course. On that note, thank you again, Daniel Hill, for coming on the podcast. Thanks everybody else for listening, and we'll talk soon.